A strong culture is one that's devised by what you stand for and also what you're not willing to tolerate. And that's what ends up making a difference between who has a team that's full of sharks and A players and people out there who really care about your mission. I don't mean sharks in a negative connotation. I mean in like who is going to own your ocean. You want those type of people. So how do you turn your business into an actual brand? Well, my name is Bijal Patel and I've had 13 years of corporate experience working at big Fortune 500 companies and I'm taking all of that juicy firsthand experience and have brought it into my company launch. Within this podcast, you're going to learn about branding, vision, identity, mindset, and how to scale your business to the next level. So let's go ahead and own your brand. So the biggest part of building a brand that's advantageous to you is that that will attract your A players. So when you have your branding on point, specifically your mission statement, your vision statement, your core values, and now you're probably like, yeah, 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 Bijal, you talk to me like that all the time. But literally when it comes to you attracting the right team, knowing exactly what you stand for, what the business is all about, what does it feel like when this team member is going to enter into your space makes all of the difference in the world. So I can tell this to you fresh from my experience we've had. We're about five years into the business. Actually, in January, launch will hit five years. And I'm super excited about that because literally there's some crazy statistic like 60% of businesses do not make it to year five. But you are different because you are getting good information and you're going to learn how to do this. The two biggest reasons of why businesses don't make it are related to team or clients. We talked a lot about clients. You just heard, literally, if you haven't, go check out the positioning episode that specifically talks about how should you set up your brand, your offers, and your sales to make sure you're attracting the right clients. What we're going to talk about on today's episode is how do you actually attract the right team? So a lot of the businesses that I talk to right now are dealing with what's called quiet quitting. Quiet quitting is where employees or team members are basically resigning from their job without saying so. And a reason that this ends up happening is because the morale ends up completely tanking. And I wouldn't be surprised by that. And you probably aren't either because how many times as a business owner have you gone into a Zoom call? I know I've done this recently even and been just upset at the team. Hey, how come we haven't taken this ball further? Why isn't this project closed up? Who is responsible for this? Who is following up on this actually happening? It can be totally and utterly exhausting. And finding the right people who fit within your value system, it comes all from the brand. So when you have, like, for example, our brand influencer and our brand enthusiast clients, when they are done with us, they end up having a full set of brand guidelines that illustrates exactly who we are as a company and a brand and what our expectations are of how do people operate and behave within the company. So there's going to be a complete difference between how your company operates and how Tesla operates or how another online coaching company does. Like I make fun of bro marketers all the time. They have a really intense culture that's related to like, you know, high-fiving. They got the gorilla emojis and they're like, it's all men. They're in their hyper-masculine energy. 
your business might be completely different. You might be focused around family. You might have a better balance between masculine and feminine energy. But it's about knowing who you actually are. How can we attract the right person to your company if you don't have it outlined anywhere? And if it's all within your mind as the founder and the CEO, no one can read that from you. So even if you have an operations manager, somebody who's hiring on your behalf, they're not going to know how to do it because they're not sure who the right fit for the company is. So this is where culture accidentally ends up replicating. So let's say you start, you have a VA, then you add one more person that's going to be a part of sales, and then you add one more person who's going to be the head of marketing. Well, now you have like four people on your team, and now the culture has started to shift silently. It's not written anywhere what the expectations are, and so no one knows how to actually behave and how they are expected to show up within your company. That is your job as the owner to be able to write that out and lay it out so that as a part of onboarding, any single person can expect what does it feel like to be within this brand and this company without having to wait the 90 days to figure it out on their own? So that's where you run into accidents of where, you know, there might be Bob in marketing who ends up shifting your culture because his thinking and the way that he makes decisions is different than the way you would make them. Doesn't make Bob wrong. Bob might be great and he might have great experience, but if Bob has not been outright trained by you in how you make decisions from your brand point of view, I promise you this, things are going to go off kilter. And learning that the standard that you set for the team is exactly what they will uphold. So what I see what we've had happen in our team, I'll be totally honest with you, we just recently have learned this lesson. If this is the level you hold the team, but you have one team member, let's say everyone's at a five, but you have one team member who holds themselves to a three. Let's say they are just a couple minutes late on meetings. Let's say that when they have to do their end of day report, they're always the last one to do it. And then when it's time to report on, hey, give me your KPIs, your key performance indicators for this week. They're the one who always needs that extra time, ask someone else to go first because they're gathering their information. Now you might say, hey, Bijal, these are just minor infractions. These are just little slights. But what it's actually doing is you've got your level five and you have one person who's demonstrating and showing you they're technically at a level three. And so everyone else will loosen up their grips and go down to the person who's performing at the least, the least minimum viable level that you will accept. This is where it starts to deteriorate the brand. Nothing will deteriorate the brand faster than having loose and low standards uh, for your company. So when we're thinking about what a brand is, a lot of times, again, when people get confused, is it a logo? Is it my colors? Where's my, I want consistency across my brand. They want me to look at their visuals like, hey, let's go look at my website. Let's go look at my social media and all of that. But really what's happening is an internal problem, an internal problem that get exposed externally. So I just actually went on this trip to Sedona. You may have checked it out. If you're on my Facebook, by the way, go check me out. The link will be here in the podcast, but I'm at Bijal, B-I-J-A-L dot launch. And I post really frequently about what's going on with everything you need to know about brand, but also with what am I, what am I doing in my life? What am I doing to better myself? 
So I went on a trip to Sedona that was all about dealing with my inner, inner traumas, releasing them, working on healing. Who am I and what's the next level that I want to go to? And in that trip, I started to see really, really, really clearly that I pivoted the direction that my coaching actually is within my programs of now when I'm looking at why is it that you don't want to show up and be visible? Why is it that you don't have any content ideas? Why is it that you have the same problems as it relates to team over and over and over again? And I'm realizing it all points back to home base. And you probably know this just like I do. I knew this from an intellectual standpoint. I did not know this though from a, I live this as my lifestyle point of view. So after going to Sedona and getting like coached on some of the NLP techniques, working on what does that trauma release look like? How can I actually reparent my inner child? And where did I start to take on these beliefs that other people had dropped on me? Like when I was a kid and my dad had said something or when my mom said something or a teacher said something, we all are totally normal for having these type of memories, but we don't realize that we got fixated and stuck there. So when we got fixated and stuck there, when we start to drop our standards, like I showed you from a five down to a three, ooh, what is that? Is that your desire as the founder, as the CEO to be liked by your team? I can tell you with utmost certainty, one of the things I've learned over the last year is I would prefer to be respected over liked. I would prefer to be respected over liked. What that ended up doing is it evoked fire within me that started to bring out the true beetle. Who am I authentically at heart when I don't care about what other people think about my decisions, my desires, and where I want to drive my company? As a CEO of your company, as a small business owner, you decide what it is that you want and where you want to drive your company and ultimately what your desires are. When you are in alignment with those three things, you are going to, even if you're a little bit unsteady, you're going to go in the direction of what your target is. A really good metaphor for this is like when a rocket is sent to the moon, it has, it's going to go back and forth. The trajectory is going to shake. It's going a little to the left, a little bit to the right. Oops, a little more to the right. But it adjusts its trajectory because the direction of where you're going and the target is super clear. The same is true as it relates to your brand culture and the team that you are inviting in. So as somebody who is nurturing your team, you also want to think about who did you not only invite in, who have you grown to the next level, and who also needs to stay on board your rocket ship as you grow to the next level. One of the hardest things to realize, especially as a startup team, so if you have less than five people, you're probably still in the startup space. Startups aren't just related to how many years you've been in business. It's like, it's a combination of how many years have you been in business, how many people are on the team, and how far have you taken your revenue? So you've got to understand all of those different tenets to understand where you sit in terms of a business. Hey, real quick, if you've gotten even one piece of gold from this podcast and you're finally starting to understand how branding and brand strategy is going to take you to the next level, would you do me a favor and either subscribe or leave us a review? That'd be so amazing. Share it with a friend, send it to somebody who needs this, and let's get back to the show. So when you look at that, 
you understand that the next level to grow you in terms of team might not be who you have right now, but that requires the change to happen internally. For you to have the change to happen internally, you then have to take all of that mindset, the frameworks and models out of your head and onto paper. So there's a literal document called a brand guidelines that you can show as a part of your interview process. This is the easiest tactical thing that you can do today. When you're working on a job description, as it relates to somebody you might be hiring on your team, I invite you to consider adding in a section to say, hey, do not apply for this job if. I call it the disqualifier section, or if this doesn't sound appealing, this isn't right for you, and add in a section that kind of scares them away. You want to take the application pool that's coming in the door, and you want to use your culture as a guard, as a shield to say, for people to self-select and opt out. So in a world of marketing where we're talking about opting in, you also want to have the counter to that to say opt out. A strong culture is one that's devised by what you stand for and also what you're not willing to tolerate. And that's what ends up making a difference between who has a team that's full of sharks and A players and people out there who really care about your mission. I don't mean sharks in a negative connotation. I mean in like who is going to own your ocean. You want those type of people. But what I see a lot of small business owners doing is that they haven't done the internal work. And so what ends up happening is we end up tolerating the B players, and we do so much until the A players get so frustrated that they actually quiet quit on us. They leave for another job where they say they have better opportunities or more compensation, or they start out and do their own thing. You want to make sure that your mission is big enough to hold other people's mission under. So as a part of bringing people onto your team, when you are interviewing and you're in that process, you want to get a feel of what really makes them tick in their exact role. So if you're hiring somebody as a marketing manager, you want to say, okay, our vision is this for the company. This is what my exact mission is. This role is going to help fulfill this part of the mission. How does that sit with you? Do you see yourself fitting in with that? Would you mind sharing with me what is your personal mission? You look like you've done marketing for 10, 15 years now. You sound like you're pretty passionate about it. Tell me about where do you see your personal mission and what does that sound like? So during this process, you're going to get a much better idea of what makes this person actually tick. So then you can get informed on, is this the right person to amplify our bigger mission at large? So much like dating, marriage relationships, it's actually my 14 year anniversary today. I am married to, happily married to my husband, my first and my last partner. And what we learned through our time together is that we had all the like ups and the downs, like any normal couple. We went to the couples counseling. We went to premarital therapy and we did all of the stuff that we needed to because we're both stubborn entrepreneurs and we wanted to, we were invested into our relationship, but we still had work to do with ourselves. So I'm a firm believer that when it comes to couples, it is not 50-50. It's not your better half. That is a broken way to look at stuff. You need to be 100% whole and the person needs to be 100% whole. When you come together, you are 200% in it to win it. The same is true with you and your team, especially who your number two is. And so you as likely the CEO, you're going to be the visionary. You need an integrator. It's a great book, Rocket Fuel, by the way. You should check it out if you haven't understood this concept. And there's a free quiz actually related to that. 
that you could get an understanding of how much visionary you are and you could potentially give this quiz to people who are interviewing with you. But so when you are working with your integrator and you're 100% and they're 100%, now you're actually coming together solidly just like you do in a marital relationship. And it took me and my husband a long time. Like I said, we did all the counseling and all the therapy. And there is no shame in that, by the way, at all. I know being Indian and, you know, I was born in this country, but my parents weren't. And, you know, arranged marriages are a big part of their generation and their culture. They're not a part of ours. So when we went to go get marriage counseling and, and therapy, it sounded like something was wrong with this. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Just like with your team, there's absolutely nothing wrong if you need to train up some of your B players to be A players. But you have to be resolute and confident in that your mission is going somewhere and that clarity of what your future vision is 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, the resoluteness that you have within yourself is exactly that fuel within you that is going to carry you to hold the level up for the team. Because I'm telling you, if you let the level slip and you let that B player keep doing the mistakes that they're making and the excuses that they're pushing onto you, the rest of the team that your A players will either start to lower their standard without noticing it, or they will exit and jump off into the team. So knowing that the work is truly within the inner work that's how you build a super duper strong brand culture. And as you get to know yourself better, as you're releasing what that emotional trauma is, the things that you haven't yet dealt with, you're going to start to notice patterns. And this has just come super fresh. Like I've dealt with a situation recently with somebody on my team who, when I talked to the person and said, Hey, why are we here over and over and over again? Every week we talk and we're supposed to advance this and you're supposed to get this done. How can we keep missing the mark? And the person didn't really have a good answer. What I heard was a lot of different excuses. So when I called the person out and said, that sounds like a bunch of excuses to me. And you're telling me that you're an A player and that you believe in leadership and that you're training our team to do this, but I am not seeing that. So I need to help me understand where am I not communicating clearly or are you missing are you missing the resources and tools that you need to get this done? When I laid it out that plainly and clearly, there was nowhere else to go. There was nowhere to hide. And this person finally did fess up. Yeah, I'm not really showing up the way I need to. I'm going to come at this with a lot more intentionality on how I'm showing up every day. I had to call them up. So I want to advise you Small business owner to small business owner, especially as women. If you're a woman hearing this, you know, I've had a friend texted me the other day and said, a woman reached out to him and said, there's not many powerful women in the online space. I don't really know who to follow. A lot of them seem to have like part-time businesses or side hustles, or, you know, they're on the boat of like, I want to work four hours a week while I take care of my kids. Fine. It's totally good. No judgment there. That's just not what my path is. So he ended up recommending that she follow me because there are women out there that are into building actual empires who want to have eight figure businesses like I do. And I will eventually have that because I'm clear on who I am, 
the value I bring in the marketplace, and that there's no one in my category. No single person can compete in terms of how I'm building out this business. So I want you to listen and cue into that because women, a lot of times we've been by society pushed down in terms of where we are assertive. We are told to quiet down. We are told to, it's better if you lessen your voice. You want to make sure that, you know, your voice is not coming across like you're condemning people or you're being too aggressive. Where on the other end, men are judged completely differently. And I wanted you to know the landscape is completely shifting. A lot of people are choosing to elect to work with women CEOs because we are friendlier when it comes to emotional intelligence and knowing what's really happening behind the scenes. We tend to have more compassion when it comes to the working life juggle of what's happening with the kids, what's happening with the spouse, and we tend to have better communication. So I want you to fuel that within yourself and say, where... Where do I have natural gifts that I'm potentially not using? And where have I put on all the masks and holding back what my empowered voice is? Because something in society taught me that good girls are nice. Good girls go with the flow. Good girls are very likable. I can tell you with, with like just all of the fuel in my body, I could care less if I'm liked. I let that go a long time ago through doing a lot of healing work. And as you let go of what other people judge and think about you, you will start to notice you don't judge yourself anymore. Because if you're like me, your harshest judge has never been somebody else. It has never been the person who commented on your post. It's never been somebody who's angry at you. It's never been somebody who's like an ex-employee who's mad. It's never been someone else. It always ends up being a mirror right back to you. And once I started to resolve the discussions I was having with myself, the conversations I was holding, the words I was using, and when I started to really, as cheesy as it sounds, even though it works, treating myself like a best friend and giving myself grace and compassion that I'm willing to give everyone else, but not for me, I became a stronger leader and more willing to hold our culture and our brand for what I actually envisioned it to be. So... I hope this was an awesome lesson for you in understanding how do we take something that's ethereal, intangible, like mission, vision, core values, and how do you attract and build up a world-class team? And I hope you were able to take all this information in and deploy it into your brands. If you love this episode, please subscribe, like, share with a friend. Always super appreciate you, and I'll see you on the next one.